What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, and this guy next to me doesn't need much introduction. Y'all saw him on the video I did when he committed to Southern. We got former Kansas, former McNeese State, now current Southern defensive back, Cor Corian Harris with us, a consensus four-star prospect, Southland All-American last year, and this guy is going to bring a lot to the Southern defense, looking to reclaim that SWAC title this year, man. But I appreciate you joining the show, man. I appreciate you having me. So let's go back to high school. One of the top-ranked recruits in the country, man, a consensus four-star prospect, had offers from literally everywhere. For you, what was that process like, and which schools were recruiting you the hardest out of high school? Uh, that process, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, you know, I was young, came with a lot of attention, you know. I just wanted to be out there. Uh couple schools I was looking at heavy was like Texas, LSU, Kansas, Florida, schools like that. I mean, they were, they, did, they did a good job recruiting, though. Uh, I'm sure, man. And you had a, a, a storied high school career playing both ways, winning state titles. For you, was there any question that you were going to play the defensive side of the ball, or did you ever think about pursuing the offensive side? I mean, I, I really wanted whatever coach needed. Like, I just wanted to hit the field, honestly. Like, uh if I could, though, I mean, I would like to play some quarterback, but I mean, it, I mean, whatever they need. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. And, you know, you decide to go to Kansas. Head coach Les Miles is there trying to rebuild that program at this time. For you, what led you to leave the state of Louisiana and go all the way to Lawrence, Kansas? Well, Kansas was in a uh, rebuilding stage. Um, of course, Coach Tony Hall, he played a big part in that, too. Him, man, from New Orleans, uh, me, Puka. Uh, Puka, like, one of my best friends. So, I mean, it just felt like, you know what I'm saying? We had a little bond going on. Then they already had a couple of New Orleans people up there, Malik Clark, uh, Takavi Williams, Mike Lee. So, it wasn't really a no-brainer. Listen, Kansas needs to start recruiting out of Louisiana more. You and Puka made instant impacts. At that time, I was at Kansas State, so I got to see you guys play oh. up close, man. I, I was a grad student there at the time. But for you, what, what what were the keys to being an instant impact freshman? I, You know, a lot of high school guys watch the show and ask, what does it take to get on the field early and often? For you, what were the keys to that? I mean, really, you don't want to go in there saying I'm a freshman and thinking you're too smart. You got to go in there right away. Just treat it like it's any other game. Just be yourself. I like it, man. I like just it's all business, man. And like and like a lot of people say, it's just football, regardless of anything. When you get to college, man, just go out there and ball. But for you, you decide to transfer from Kansas, man, and a lot of programs were after you. I mean, it's not very often that a, a guy your caliber winds up at the transfer portal with that much eligibility left. For you, what were the biggest differences between your high school recruiting process and your transfer portal recruiting process? I mean, high school, nobody really understands they you know what i'm saying you're young so they just gonna see the talent but as you get older then you start to enter the um transfer portal they see what you did at your last collegiate level and try to figure that out so people start to put their own narratives to stuff and start thinking stuff so it's kind of like uh i don't want to say they stereotype but it's different because they are they, they they feel as though something already didn't happen over here so they don't want to even take the chance to even give you an opportunity so kind of different from now. Uh, man, I like that perspective. And you decide to go to McNeese, man. Could come back down south. Well, uh, uh, one of the 
one of the good programs on the Southland Conference, and you became an instant impact guy there as well. For you, what was it about their recruiting pitch, about the about the program that led you to commit to McNeese? Well, actually, the head coach that I had when I came to McNeese, um, Coach Frank Wilson, he just went back to LSU. I was when I was committed to LSU, he was over there too. But then they staff left. That's what also led me to go to Kansas. So when he was at McNeese State, I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I've been around him a lot. I know him. Got that bond already. So I just came back home to him. I like it. And for you, man, you were a Southland All-American this year in your first year at McNeese State. Had big games. Funny enough, against Southern, you were the National Player of the Week. You had a big game even when McNeese went to LSU as well. For you, how much did it mean to be a Southland All-American? I mean, that means a lot because not everybody could get there. Everybody, I'm pretty sure every football player wants to be the Southland All-American. But, I mean, it means a lot, though, because that's an achievement that I could show my kids, kids, kids. <laughs> and, you know, on top of that, the Southland's known for extremely – extremely good offensive play you had Cole Kelly we saw Cameron Ward at Incarnate Word um the, the kid at Nichols Lindsay for you do you feel like playing in a conference with such strong quarterbacks and wide receivers helped you out in your development as a defensive back uh yeah especially coming from the big 12 going against Kyler Murray and then coming back to Cole Kelly is everybody played different everybody got their own different type of strategic way of even coming into the game but me being able to soak all that in It'll just get me ready for the next level. Absolutely. And you decide to transfer from McNeese after one season, man, and, and, and have one, one or two more years left elsewhere. For you, what played in that decision? What made you decide to look elsewhere to finish your college career? Uh, we had another coaching change of staff. And, um, I mean, McNeese, they, they, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a lot of great things. Decide to go you know, my own way. Man, I, I, you got to do what's best for you. Like a lot of players have come on here and said, you only got four, five, now with COVID, maybe six years, depending on <laughs> eligibility. But for you, man, what what made Southern the place to finish your career, get the degree, and possibly even go get a ring, man, before you head off to the NFL? Well, being that it's my last year and I don't really have that, many, that much time left, I mean, being close to my family, I got two kids, so being closer to them, being, having all of them come out here to help me finish this collegiate level strong, I mean, that's going to play a big factor in that too. And then also the city and the community behind me, so the whole New Orleans could just drive up to Baton Rouge and we could just all turn up together. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. And Southern has one of the most pass- pass- passionate fan bases in the SWAC too, man. They travel, they pack out, they pack out that stadium week in and week out. And also on top of that, man, there's been a huge HBCU movement in the transfer portal and in the high school recruiting. I mean, five-star Travis Hunter, transfers like yourself, former four-stars all come into the SWAC and MEAC. For you, how much did the HBCU movement and seeing all these talented players go back to HBCUs influence your decision? I mean, I was looking at HBCU since I was at Kansas. And now that, um, I mean, Deion Sanders really, he opened up the door for a lot of people. Um, he giving players a chance. So me coming down to HBCU, showing that, now I'm saying, I could be also an influence too, not just at Jackson State or anywhere else. I could do it at Southern too. The whole HBCU movement, I mean, to be a part of that, that's going to be big. 
man, for sure. And we saw a guy from Southern this year break that HBC, the no players drafted a year ago, Jatari Carter from Southern this year going to the Bears. So it can be done, like you say, anywhere. But I love asking players this question because it makes it makes them think a little bit. For you, looking at your game when you stepped stepped on campus at Kansas as a freshman, compare that game to your game now coming to Southern. How has your game evolved over these three, four years? Uh, I can say I learned a lot more, seen a lot more. Um, start to notice things, catch on the Tennessee's and stuff like that. So, I mean, just having that experience of seeing different levels of people and different type of talents, I think it really helped me out a lot. Right, man, I like it. And uh, the, uh, the film study, man, I know a lot of players have talked about that. That's, that's mm-hmm. the big key to understand because, I mean, we, I, you know, back in high school, I remember we watched film maybe, you know, once a day, something like that, man. They, yeah. Film study in college is completely different. They expect you to watch it for lunch or dinner. That's movie night now it's in college. So long. It's so long. <laughs> I love it, man. And everyone loves player comparisons too. And I always like asking players just to kind of see how they feel about their game. Which NFL player do you feel like your game models the most? Um, I would say when I'm at corner, I would say Richard Sherman because I'm smarter than I'm. I believe I'm smarter than everybody that's on the field. And I believe that he wanted the smartest players to play the game as a cornerback. So I see Richard Sherman with that part. But as far as tackling, like uh, Ed Reed or somebody, I don't know, Ray Lewis, maybe linebacker, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a tackle. I love it, man. And, you know, looking at your game, do you feel like coming to Southern, would you like to st- stick at corner or would you like to play a little bit of safety, be in the box a bit? Where do you feel most comfortable with your game? I mean, I'm comfortable really everywhere. I mean, wherever, whatever they got to put me at for us to win and just come out. I even go to the end if they need me to. I mean, anything that anything to win, I'm I don't, I'm not no loser. I don't want to be no loser. I love it, man. Listen, I think you guys are good on the D-line. Looking at this recruit <laughs> class coming in, man, Jordan Lewis, Jason Dumas coming in. You got Trey Lane coming in for the Juco level. Listen, man, I think they'll good with you in the secondary. Those D-linemen are going to be something <laughs> serious. But, man. You know, it, I was an O lineman. You know, it, it's kind of a stigma. We just go out there and play. We we can't we can't do anything pregame. We're just old fashioned. I feel like. But for you, how do you get ready to go ball out in between those white lines, man? What's your pregame routine on game days? Wake up. I like to listen to music a lot. I put on a little uh, Rob Four Nine, uh, some Glizz from um he back from my city. Put on some music, talk to my kids, and just go out there and just. Zone out. <laughs> I, lo- I love it, man. And you don't have to give away all your secrets. I know these swack wide receivers are watching the show right now looking for anything <laughs> around you already. But one on one, man, you're out there. It's you and a wide receiver one on one. What's the number one mistake a wide receiver can make against you? Just thinking I'm a regular cornerback. I mean, thinking I'm a regular player that's just not going to, just thinking I'm normal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you say you better, better come ready to play, man, when you're one on one with him. But DB's, man, notorious on here. I'm telling you, uh, we've had a lot of interviews. Wide receivers snitch on y'all every chance they get. For you, how big of a part is trash talking of your game? A big part. I ain't gonna lie. I, <laughs> I enjoy it because it, it gets the competitiveness out of me even more than what I'm already is. And then the uh, receiver trash talking back, I mean, hey, let's do it. 
it, it I is. love it. I love it. You know, we had a DB come on here and say that he doesn't feel like you could be a good DB if you don't talk trash. He said, we got the hardest job on the field. We got to do anything to get the advantage. So I, I love that. I love that mindset. And this is a question a lot of subscribers have been wanting me to incorporate in the interviews. But for you, what was your welcome to college moment where in practice or in a game, you were just like, this is different. Ooh, all right. Kind of embarrassed about it, but I had got a. Uh, I think we played I like my freshman year. We played West Virginia. I got a mean stiff form. I was like, no more of them. No, that was my last one. That was my last one. <laughs> oh, but hey, West Virginia was rolling. You're, I remember your freshman year. That that was that West Virginia team that was making some waves. So I love it. Hey, everyone has them. Everyone has a welcome to college moment. But let's give a little bit of credit to the other side of the ball. Who are some of the best offensive players you've ever had to face? Uh, besides Puka Williams at practice, I'm gonna say um, Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown, them two, and Ceedee Lamb that year. So I mean, they they had a they had a team. They had a team. <laughs> I, I I mean that team was so loaded, and then I believe their running back was an All American too. At that, if if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, uh I believe Perrine was was his name. Was it? Uh, I, I think, believe they had him, or was it Nixon like, that year? Mm, I don't, they had like three, four. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> that team was so loaded. <laughs> it was the I love it. You just said, listen, that whole Oklahoma offense, that's, that's what we're going to roll with. Yeah. But, <laughs> but man, you know, you come from the power five level and we know what it is with the NFL draft. You know, I'm an FCS podcast. And this year was the first year that 20 plus players from the FCS have been drafted since I believe 2008, man. For you, what is your response to people who may overlook you for playing at the FCS level? I mean, they can overlook what they want. They can say what they want, but you're going to see me. I'm going to be around for a minute. So it is what it is. Oh, man, I love it. The talent level at the FCS level, man, is so overlooked, I think, at, at, every, at every single conference and everything like that. But for you, we know what the ultimate goal is, is to get to the NFL draft, get to that next level, or even get to a professional league, USFL starting up, XFL. For you, if an NFL franchise asks you what they're going to get if they take you in next year's NFL draft, what do you say? They're going to get a player that loves football. Like It ain't just about the money or the fame and all that. I just love playing the game. It's kind of like a stress relief. I grew up playing this game, and I just love it. So you're going to get somebody who loves playing the game, real competitive, and shoot, I'm bringing everything I could possibly bring to the table. I love it, man. And for you, coming into 2022, you got a new team, Southern, one of the favorites to win their division, get to the SWAC championship this year. What are your goals for the 2022 season? Basically, to come in, play my part, be a leader, um, come um, create some turnovers, create some chaos for the offenses. So, and if hopefully we win, we do come out successful throughout this thing, win the conference, maybe get a championship, win the Bayou Classic, of course, in front of my home city. It's my first time playing home since high school. So, it's going to be fun. Hey, you get to go to the Superdome, man, on NBC this year. That one's going to be huge. <laughs> Hugh Jackson on the other side. That that game, listen, it's primed. That game is primed. And I, you guys are flipping commits from all these other schools. Like, like people, got, people got it out for you guys for that. But looking at, the, <laughs> looking at the schedule, man, I know the senior answer. You're going to be one of the senior leaders on this team. It's the first game. That's always the most important but for you, which game on the schedule do you have circled? You're just looking forward to a little bit more due to the opponent or something like that. I actually got a few of them. Um, of course, LSU week two, it ain't, it, nothing like playing in Death Valley. 
Um, Jackson State, of course, just to go against Dion, one of the greatest cornerbacks ever. I'm a cornerback, so he'd be able to see what I could do. And then <clears throat> going against Grambling in the uh, Bayou Classes, of course, that's going to be big, too, back in my own city. So that's three games I'm looking for, uh, forward to for sure, for sure. Man, all three of those games are going to be huge. I know that Jackson State game, Southern's looking to get some revenge. You had it in the bag last year. And then the final question, man, what do you, what is your message to all those Southern fans out there on what they can expect from you and this team going into 2022? I mean, they expect some entertainment, some shows, some um, whatever they need. I'm going to be out there dancing, having fun, uh, energizing my teammates, making plays. And just making sure the crowd happy because not only is it just about football too, but the fans, they play a big part too. And I'm trying to pack uh, the stadium out. So whatever they do t- that, <laughs> they do that, man. They're top 10 FCS attendance every single year. But man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm glad we got to set this up, get you on the show to talk about Southern before the season. I always say, if you get that ring at the end of the year, man, you got to have to come back on. We'll have to talk before the draft and show off that SWAC championship ring, man. Oh, no doubt, man. I'm going to be around. It's all good. Just hit me up. <laughs> For sure. But, man, this is all about promoting the players. This is your first introduction to the Southern fans out there that watch the show. For you, plug your social media. Give any shout-outs, man, any messages you want to give. This time is yours just to talk to the people, man. I mean, shout-out to my hometown, of course, my kids, my family, of course. I uh, want to appreciate the Southern fans for accepting me in with open arms. I ain't had no negativity. No one was – bashing about the past and all that so also the coaching staff too for even giving me opportunity to still play the game that I love and shoot my teammates so I love it man guys listen make sure to go follow my guy on all social media the bigger his platform gets the bigger better NIL deals things like that that could come his way and I promise you're not gonna you're not gonna want to miss him balling out this year the swag as Southern goes for another swag championship this upcoming year But, guys, for the Blue Bloods right now, we are out.